Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today, we are recapping The Mandalorian, Chapter Zero of Season 3. And I'm here with the guy. Listen, we're about to take off in our N1 Starfighter. I'm I'm driving here, but Tommy's in the back. He's where the astromech belongs, but I built in a dome so he can look out and see the stars. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? I'm doing good. And listen, audience, I apologize for us being late. I was on a date with a Jawa. Listen got a little freaky. It, t- it took a little bit more time than I expected, um, but we're here now. We'll have to dive into that a little later, your experiences <laughs> with the Jawas. Um, Tommy, listen, I'm on a high. I'm coming in hot, okay? I think that, the, I mean, by far the best episode of the Book of Boba Fett, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that we stepped away from the Boba Fett story. We went back to the story that we really care about, and the Mandalorian, and I loved every second of this. What What are your takes off the rip? Yeah, uh, it was good. And it's like, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I've been liking Boba Fett. And I do think the last couple episodes were good. It's just like, it goes to my po- point of, it just feels like the plot is weak. The, the syndicate isn't holding up as much as it should because they're not giving it its time. I bet you if you took all the time they've talked about the syndicate wars and all the present day stuff in Boba Fett, it wouldn't even fill a whole episode. They've been focusing more on the flashbacks. And then here we get an entire episode of Mandalorian. Now, Mando, it's like, it to me speaks to how much they trust their lead character and, and, and what they're giving them. And like, we got more plot development on a show that's, this, this isn't even the Mandalorian show. And we got more plot development, more um, storylines progressing in for that than we have for Boba Fett in the entire run so far. So I'm a little discouraged. Like, it's like, to me, this... Like, Boba Fett was fine until I saw this. And to me, this was like, alert, alert. Like, this is what we, we've we had. And now I'm reminded of it. And it just, like, in comparison, the Boba Fett just is weaker for me. So uh, here I am. I'm going to hop back on the defense train here a little bit. Um, I, I think I think the big thing is, because, I like, I have to keep reminding people. Like, it, I, I was very involved with, like, reading Reddit and checking Twitter and, like, the Instagram fandom and, like, figuring out how people felt about The Mandalorian at the time. People did not like The Mandalorian. Mandalorian Season 1, there were so many complaints. They are like, oh, this episode absolutely, this means nothing. It's just a filler episode. We don't we don't care about this. Um, and I feel like if we give Boba Fett some time, he can grow us grow on us in that way. I think the big thing is we care so much about Mando's story at this point because we've had all this time to live with him. And in hindsight, we love the show. I think people will look back on Boba more fondly than they think. I I think it it takes a lot of adjusting to like really accept what Boba Fett has become and what he's doing. Um, So listen, I I think we'll get there at some point. With that being said, it's undeniable that this was the best episode. And even, even, even if you want to like, even if uh, you want to cut out, like pretend like we didn't know who the Mandalorian was, this would still be like a really great episode. And I think the thing is, Mandalorian is what we always wanted Din Djarin, is what we always wanted Boba Fett to be. We wanted him to be this badass, like, Lone Ranger that, that like, he, he suffers no fools. He will cut down anybody to get what he wants. And that is the Mandalorian. Boba Fett is not that way in the show. That is the Mandalorian. So at this point, it's weird, and it's something I never thought I would say, because when the Mandalorian first came out, I was like, oh, this is just like a... They, they don't want to make a Boba Fett show, so they're making a Mandalorian show. But I, 
I think that uh, I think the Mandalorian is so much cooler. And Tommy, I've said it before, but um, if the if the season finale of this Mando kills Boba Fett, I don't care. I do not care. How? Would the, yeah, I, I hear you. Like, I think I think your point about like how much time we've had with Mando over over Boba is good. Um, I do find that it's also maybe it's I want Boba Fett to almost like. I feel like they're trying to be two genres. They're trying to do the Western thing like Mandalorian. Like they're trying, like Mandalorian is like a Western, right? A space Western that we can call it that. I feel like that's, this one's trying to be that, but it's also trying to be like a mob movie. (laughs) And I feel like I just want them to go full mafia, like Boba father. Like that's what I want. And uh, I think they're just like dipping their toes in. I'm like, no, I want the full syndicate war. Like, let's get this. You have it. (laughs) It's right there. Well, I will say thematically, I don't know necessarily about the story and how that's going. I will say this still felt like a mafia show to me. I mean, we'll, I mean, we're diving into this episode scene by scene here. We'll start with the first one. He's walking into a freaking meat locker to kill some scumbags. Like, if that's not straight out of Goodfellas, uh, I don't know what it is. I saw Goodfellas. Long. I don't even know. Is that a, a proper reference? Uh, th- but this is where the mafia hangs out. This is this is this is mob related. Yeah, but you know. It's not Boba doing this. It was the Boba Mafia. But I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, it is. It is what it is. I think like there's a lot of good stuff in here. There's some stuff I'm like, ah, do we need this? Um, there. I do like like, and I think that's the thing too. Maybe I'm more invested into the Black Saber man, like getting back, you know, Mandal- Mandalore and all that. And like, I'm invested in that storyline already um, more than I am with with Boba and whatever he's doing. Um, but I, I do think there's good stuff here. Some cool Easter eggs that we'll definitely dive into and talk about. Um, I'm excited to get, get going. All right. Well, let's do it. I mentioned it before. Um, we get this We get this awesome scene. Um, we open right on the Mandalorian. Did you expect to get the Mandalorian like immediately? Like, Were you expecting him to be like a cameo in this? Or I know There's no way you expected a full episode. No, I mean when you know we'll, we'll talk, we can talk about it more at the end because uh, I mean this is a point. If we're really uh, talking about, if we're talking about a draft, this is a point for me. Uh, when I did uh, put that down, I definitely thought maybe I thought he would join up. I did think like in my thought, I'm like they're already connected. We've seen you know Boba come and support Mando. That I thought maybe a big team up with Mando, Mando coming in would happen, um, but I didn't expect a full episode. I expected him to be part with Boba. I did not expect Boba to just be completely not here. <laughs> yeah, like even even when the well, of course jumping ahead a little bit, even the opportunity to bring him in at the end to recruit him, we don't even get him. We get Finnick. So yeah. that is fascinating. But I, I did like that this in the sense that to me it felt a little bit like homage of Mando episode one season one, where it's like we see him you know catch that one guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. And uh, put him, you know, in his uh, carbo freeze or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the bluefish guy. I don't know his name either, but I know yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. It felt um, very yeah. similar to that. And this is not the first time he's cut somebody in half either. Like, he, he has shot that door closed and sliced that dude in half. So, uh, But Michael, yeah. he doesn't look like he has the skills of the saber. And I, I like that because um, it, as we've seen in Rebels... The dark saber, almost more so than a lightsaber, it takes a lot of uh, training and and skill behind it. And also, like like uh, I don't know the uh, intri- intricacies of the dark saber. I don't know if there's a kyber crystal in there or what. But um, like it takes a lot more to connect with the saber. 
Um, and I think that's something like it's it's a relationship you have to build and he's not going to have it immediately. So I do appreciate that. Well, and it makes sense to me, right? Like as they, they talk about here, it's like the person that first made the saber was uh, the, the only Mandalorian Jedi, right? Two forces that usually are at odds. Um, this was the first union of, of those two, uh, you know, cultures, I guess. And then uh, the fact that the saber is so hard to wield and like, you know, later uh, the armorer says is like um, with every you're fighting against it, not with it. Um, and I love that you could see how heavy it got. Like with every swing, it got heavier and heavier. And that was cool. I loved all this stuff. Like, I, I, you know, we'll get into it. So I loved that like he messed up and like got sliced. And and um, even though he's a great fighter, can still win fights. It's he's not up to the, the full possibility of this saber. I think it's more of a testament to the Darksaber in itself that you can be the worst Darksaber wielder and you're still going to kill everybody in the room. Uh, you might not do it as pretty and as cool and as convenient as you would if you were training with it, but it doesn't matter. You have a Darksaber. These guys are going down. Um, so, Tommy, I want to ask you this. We get this line here. It's become like both, or, oh, excuse me, Din Djarin's, um catchphrase i can bring you in warm or i can bring you in cold i don't know if i like that line here well what about you tommy yeah i mean it's like classic bounty hunter i guess do they all say that it's like, like do you think there's like a code like a guidebook to be a bounty hunter like oh don't forget to say the, the bounty hunter catchphrase i can bring you in uh, uh warm or cold i feel like it's like a, a play don't like uh isn't that something that in in human life isn't that something that said like you know like Freeze, like, you know, I can bring you in dead or alive. Like cowboy Yeah, I guess. It's kind of yeah. like uh, you have the right to attorney. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. Yeah. It's kind of like that for bounty hunters. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I bet if he doesn't say, you know, that guy could come in court in the space court and be like, you know what? He didn't say the line. <laughs> I can get out now. <laughs> yeah, so he, he destroys these Clatonians, cuts some in half, and... Um, I mean, very, very gruesome scene here, honestly. I don't want to uh, overstate that. Like, yeah. it's something, uh, like, uh, coming off these Marvel shows, like, a lot of times, like, you'll see them, like, I don't know, throw somebody off a building, but you don't see them, like, die. You, or, like, uh, you see them shoot with an arrow, but it's, like, in the shoulder. Like, we see, like, full frontal mutilation in this, which is something I'm not totally used to uh, from anything on Disney+, Plus, really. So, uh, that was cool. Yeah, no, I, I really like this opening. I think it gets you right back into the Mandalorian, the music, everything. Like like you said, so excited for season three of Mando. This is so great. It's the first episode for Mandalorian. Um, yeah. Um, so he 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 lets the, the rest of the grunts here, like, scour their money of their bosses. He goes out. He's taking the head of this Clatonian back to, like, this uh under underworld type gang here and this is like a really cool sequence where he's like walking he gets in an elevator he comes out of the elevator he meets with these people he goes back to the elevator and it's all one long continuous shot which tells me and just looking at it too like um i've seen some people post online that like oh this is that stagecraft technology they've been using to like build a world around them i don't think so i think this is like a full-on set like even the elevator seemed real so um, this was, uh, I was very impressed with a lot of the technicals behind this episode. And this was definitely, uh, an understated point there. So, yep. I agreed. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so he's going, he's going to the, these, this underground gang, I guess, but he's, he's trading it for information. He wants to find his, uh, Mandalorian friends. So, uh, they, they give him that information. He goes and hunts them down and surprise, surprise. Listen, what, who didn't pick the armor on the cameo draft? I know that was a good one as well. I should have went full Mandalorian yeah. with that. Uh, and, and this is, I guess, one of my gripes with Boba in, in Mando in general. And, and right now, can we just get how much time passes? Like, just a small, like, on the screen, like, four months later, like, something. Because, like, how much time has passed since the last time we saw Mando? Last time we saw him, he was on a ship. Luke came, took, you know, spoilers for Mando season two. But if you're, again, if you're watching Star Wars, you're probably all in. Uh but, like, he was on the ship, and we jumped to this, and it's like, okay, how long has he been searching for this? Like, it's important stuff to know how much weight, you know, later we see the moment where he gets, spoilers for later in the episode, it gets turned away. And so, is this like he's been searching for them for years? That's way more dramatic than a couple months, right? I want to know that information. It's important, I think. I, I'm reading it as um, he's been... I'm reading it very parallel to the book of Boba Fett. Like um, we are picking up right when uh, like, like this, this fight scene here was taking place at the same time that Boba Fett was taking over the hut palace. That that's, and that's just, again, they're not confirming that that's how I'm taking it. So maybe two months. And even that they, and even that they haven't really told us how long it's been since he pulled himself out of the, the, you know, even with that goes to my point they've never told us the time uh, uh jumps with any of this stuff so we're just estimating everything <laughs> yeah yeah so uh it's 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 a lot but um we we find the armor here and um they're talking about a lot of different things he gets healed up here by uh i actually didn't look this up but i was pretty sure in the mandalorian that um uh john favreau played this Vizsla guy the big the big mandalorian oh. Um, I don't know if that's still the case. I don't know if that was never the case. I don't know. I definitely still remember him. And I, I did like that it was like these two are left. And I, I also like that they're like, hey, we're just going to rebuild. Like that's their mindset. Like, you know, listen, they're a call and they don't love the whole idea. But uh, they, at least they have ambition. Call with ambition. How can we be upset? Listen, I'm really starting to turn on the armor here. Um, well, yeah. My my first red flag is when she starts to throw Bo Katan under the bus, saying that of course you have to win the Dark Saber in combat. She didn't do it; it was given to her by Sabine Wren, and that is why the Night of a Thousand Tears happened. And it's all Bo Katan's fault. I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, and this is I, all this stuff is great, by the way, to, uh, for the audience of like they explain the Black Saber, they explain like the history, the lore. Um, we can dive into it, and but like if you watch Cole Moore's Rebels, you also got a lot of that information as well. So I did, I did like that they didn't just assume you watched it; they bring that stuff in here, and they they do give us the context. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I mean, this is the thing since season two. Like, there was someone I think in season one, I was like. All right. Then in season two, we hear it's kind of cult like, you know, all right. I think this is our first time where we're like seeing the, like, we now, we've heard it before. We knew it was kind of cult like. Then we hear the confirmation, yes, it is a cult. And now we're seeing it. And I think that's what was cool here was we're, we're seeing, you know, her saying stuff like that. And you're like, oh, some of this is not great. 
Yeah, and I've seen like theories online that like, oh, now the Mandalorian is going to go back to Mandalore, find one of the mines, and redeem himself in the eyes of the armor. It's like, no. I don't think that's where this is going. I don't think that the armor is the good guy here. To be honest, I think this the whole point of all this is so that he can take off his mask more and people can stop saying that it's just a stunt guy in the mask. I think that's the whole point. So he doesn't have to feel guilty anymore. He's not in the call. He can take his mask off. He can be like the others. That is, uh, I buy that completely. So, um, yeah, so I guess we can jump to uh, the duel here. Um, we get the fight between uh, Vizsla and Din Djarin. And uh, this guy, he just, he wants the Darksaber. It's in this family. Um, we, we know the name Vizsla from Clone Wars. Uh, it's it's definitely, it definitely, I don't know if you'd say it belongs to him, but it, it is within his family. So he wants to claim it through battle. I liked this. I liked that he, I liked his reasoning. It could have, they really easily could have done, because in season one, they kind of played it as like, he didn't respect Mando. And it's like, I liked that it wasn't that. It's like, no, this is just my, fa this is my family legacy. And I want to be the one that like takes it into the next age, not you. I respect that. I think that's like uh, a, a good thing. And I think the battle was really interesting. Um, I was definitely like into it and, you know, uh, and what we saw there. I mean, we did see, I will say we jumped around. I did like the training. Uh, we talked about briefly, but the whole training with like the, the thing getting heavy. And I, I really like that. I love when like she knocks him off and he uses the jetpack to get back on. I thought that was a really fun uh, moment. Uh, from My that. heart dropped a little bit yeah. when that happened. I was like, he's dead. <laughs> and she did not care. She was just like unfazed. <laughs> uh, Tommy, let me ask you this. This is something we talked about in visions. Um, what the hell is going on here? Are they in space right now? Are these yes. are Mandalorian helmets. They're not spacesuits. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I buy. I don't know if I buy this little uh, planet there or this space station they're on because, like, everywhere you look, they're just like it's like standing on top of a star destroyer. Like, they're not. I don't know. It's like. Yeah, it's weird. I, I'm not really understanding where they are, and I don't know if it really matters. They're, they're somewhere. They found a home. And it's like, how do they all find each other? I guess they kept surge. Like, I don't know. I have many questions, but it's like... Also, it's how, not... do you, how do you fall off that platform? Like, even if you even if you can ex explain them breathing, how do you fall off that... Like, you can't fall in space. Like yeah. you would, well, Maybe they're scrapped. inside a spaceship. I don't know. Yeah. I... And then they're on top of a spaceship inside another spaceship. <laughs> Tommy, what do you think about um, I've heard a lot of things here I, I even received some feedback from former guests on this topic but um, I've heard countless comparisons to this this ring-like station they're on I've heard, I've heard Elysium I've heard Halo, I've heard Mass Effect um, I had uh, uh, Greg Dunlap message me and, and tell me this was uh, a reference to Ringworld, which I guess is a book, which this is very similar to that. Um, what, what do you what do you make? Do you think there was any sort of inspiration? I mean, there's definitely it has moved, to be. It moved past me, but yeah, I back every one of those ideas. Every one of our listeners' ideas, it's probably that. Well, I mean, I guess I'm wondering, like, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed this episode, I would imagine she... Because here's the thing. She has made a lot of references to movies in the past episode she's directed. There was one to Apollo 13 when the Razor Crest was crashing. Yep. There was definitely one, again, to, like, Goodfellas and the meat locker scene at the beginning. She loves to reference some of her favorite pieces of media. So I don't know what she was going with here, but she's definitely referencing something. Can we just say too, like she is so good at directing. Like 
I know she's she's a great actress too, but I can't wait till she makes more movies. I don't has she made a movie? I want to no. see that. I want to see the movie because like she's really got the chops and like understands Mando so well. Like I think we like her her episodes of Mandalorian are probably the best ones uh, in my opinion. I think she really understands that character so well. I've heard a lot of call to action on like she needs to direct the solo either sequel or sequel series um, because of course her father Ron Howard did that uh, original movie and they think it would be really cool for her to pass the torch That's and we cool. do have the Lando show coming up which if I had to guess that is going to be um, uh, Childish Cambino I forget his, his real name but uh, Glover. <laughs> yeah I, I believe he's going to star in that and I think she would be a great director for that series so all right so let's move on here to um uh, where are we at? <laughs> oh, let me. Oh, he got kicked out. He got kicked. Yeah. So that was like sad. Like I get it. I get it. So yeah, like he he wins the battle. It, it is weird that this is the point where she uh decides to ask him this question. Like, was there maybe I missed something? Was there a, a, a tr- like something that triggered this question? There definitely wasn't. I would guess that um the armor was already suspicious of the Mandalore because he is kind of like he's kind of left the group altogether at this point so i have a feeling that she was suspicious of him to begin with um and of course we have to have a winner and a loser here so this was like the natural time like listen i mean have you even been following the ways of our group you know like can i say that uh you're the winner here if you really haven't been following us so i felt like I kind of understood the question at this point. Yeah, but he's still the winner. Like, you got to keep the saber. I, I did like that they respected that. It's like, regardless of if he's part of their cult, the 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 lore of of the you know of the Mandalorian way is still the the heart. Like, all people follow that. Where it's like he won the saber. He's got it. That's respect, regardless if they they if he if he failed in part of their uh, group. But yeah, that was sad. Like when he's and when he was pleading, he's like, "Please, is there anything I can do?" He just wants to belong, and I thought that was such a good character beat for him. And like, you know, now he truly is like alone. He has nothing, and he was he was content to go back to what he had, and now he can't even do that. Yeah, listen, I'm pretty good about not cussing on this podcast, but fuck the armor, okay? Yeah. She's the worst. Like, she is like completely. This is this is a horrible situation for for her to put them in, um, expecting so much of them. Listen, uh, good riddance. I'm glad he's no longer part of this. No, I'm not trying to defend cultists. <laughs> Here we go. But That's always a great way to start a statement. But if you followed one belief your whole life, I understand from her point of view. If this is the, this is the way. So it's like it's not personal. It's not. If it was anyone, she would have said the same thing. So I understand that. Now... That all being said, yeah, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like so, ju- like, like thing, like you're in a room with three of your clan at this point. Like, I don't think you're in a position to like pick and choose who can come and go. Like, uh, I think you need numbers, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, how? <laughs> I get it if it was like the old underground Mandalorian hive that they had, but uh, at this point, it's like you need numbers, man. I wouldn't be kicking Mando off the street. Yeah, like you literally were like, there's only the three of us. Now it's only the two of you. And like, not for nothing, like, I don't know if they would be the face of your cult. Like, I don't know if they're like handing out flyers, I'd be joining up. Like, I guess Mando's not like, they need, they need like a, like a, a face. I think that's the thing. They need someone to be like, hey, 
come join us. I swear we're cool. But I guess they don't really advertise that way. They just they just take children that have been yeah. uh, in horrible situations and lost their parents. So I guess they don't really need to be that charismatic. Yeah. Again, very cold like. Uh, you're willing to take people that are at their lowest point and uh, train them in your ways. So um, we didn't talk about this. I wanted to ask you. Um, we get the Beskar spear here. They melt it down. Um, well, first and foremost. Uh, I don't know why he was still carrying this thing, especially when he has the dark saber. Like, what's the point of carrying around the spear? Um, but yes, they they melt it down. Uh, Beskar is not meant for weapons; it's meant for armor. And he's gonna make a little gift for Grogu. So, uh, do you have any uh, theories about what this this gift is? I'm assuming it's a little baby, like his symbol, whatever you know, the symbol of his his you know. Uh, him i'm assuming it's a little tiny one that's my guess unless it's a little baby helmet oh what if it's a little baby mandalorian helmet that they put on grogu wouldn't that be so cute it would and and uh what's weird is like it's very small right like yeah. it's almost too small to be a helmet even for grogu um but we also get the shot of like what looks like like links or like like my first thought was like chainmail. Like the way that, um, like it, I, it, like I guess the theories I've heard Eric Smith again shouting out one of our guests said it could possibly be a necklace. Again, I, that's not armor though. Um, yeah, it's like so, he specifically said armor, but it's like, I, and that's the same with the symbol. Like nothing makes sense as armor for that small. Yeah, so I really don't have any theories. Uh, it probably, my guess is it's not armor, whatever it is, whether it be like a tiny knife or a necklace, you know, like. Grogu with a little knife? Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> like, I don't know if it makes thematic sense for the armor's perspective to do that, but I just can't imagine. There's not like a chest plate. Maybe he gets one of those shoulder pads that Mando yeah. has. Oh, maybe. Grogu, what do you have there? A knife! No! Yeah. But <laughs> um, well, I was kind of sad about this. The spear kind of... I like the spear a lot. Like, I do... I, it makes sense. Like, I like their whole logic of, like, listen, that's the only thing that can pierce our armor, so you should not be wielding that because if someone somehow takes it from you, you're toast. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I, I liked... But I, I think I would have liked it more, like you said, him still holding it. I would have liked it more if he just used it over the lights. Like, he didn't trust himself with the lights every so he just hasn't been using it because he feels more comfortable with the spear. That would have made sense to me. But he's using the lightsaber, so you're right. It's like, why are you carrying this? You're just giving your enemies a weakness for it, like your own yeah. weakness. I feel like it'd be like, as you're walking, like, constantly, like, hit the back of your heel. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, his heels are cuffed up. Like, they're, they are, like, ruined. <laughs> um so there's that um but at this point he, he's kicked out he's gonna go to tattooing here he try he he travels uh commercially um so he gets on this like shuttle here he has to relieve all his weapons what do you think about this i thought this was interesting i wonder like they spent a lot of time on it so it's like i thought something was gonna be missing or something i i thought we were gonna get god on something um, here or unless it's gonna come up again i don't know it was a weird right like it's like it was a lot of time was it just to show how much he struggles without the razor crest like maybe um but i did think it was interesting he had to he had to put his his stuff away and then uh he was talking to someone on the on the little ship um yeah i thought it was just funny yeah, again, I think this might be homage to maybe something like James Bond, where, like, James Bond is in entering a secret facility and the guards are like, no weapons. And he, like, takes two guns out of his jacket and then two knives off his hip 
and like he takes his watch off which is a weapon and he's got like a laser necklace or something and then they're also like okay uh that's not it what everything please and then he pulls another one off his ankle like um it feels like like i've seen this scene a lot uh like where you're just unloading all your weapons before so it seems more so to be a reference if i had to guess yeah Um, but uh yeah so he gets on here um and uh, there's not too many too much talk about on the flight he sees a little baby rodian and uh yeah i guess it reminds him of grogu yeah he loves dude he's he's like missing parenthood he's like he mando is like the parent you know his his little baby boy went off to school he doesn't he's he's done he left him He's got an empty nest now, and he's just—he's just missing. He's missing what it was like to be a parent. Yeah. So um, we get, a, and also one more thing—it's kind of weird that he decides to give all his weapons to a droid. Which yeah. We know, we know he doesn't like that. Yeah, they seem to like really just like since season one when he like became friends with that one droid. It just seems like that whole like that was an interesting hook. Like I liked that. That was an interesting hook in season one. Is like he hates droids. Why would that change from one experience? You may not like that, like you may like that droid now, but you should still be hesitant to all of the droids. I think I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I did like that. It's, it's very much like the Indiana Jones. Like he's this big bad awesome yeah. dude, but like as soon as he sees a snake, he's like crumpled into like nothingness. Um, so I like that uh, he had that weakness. So I don't know that he has that weakness anymore, but yeah. So we we land here on Tatooine. He is going to go visit. You're already rolling your eyes. We get Palimoto. Why? I don't know. Somebody had to build a ship. I miss that guy from season one. He was way better. The grumpy guy that, you know. Which which one? The guy who, who got killed in the, when he's running with Grogu. You know? If we uh, have season two, we got, you know, spoilers. But, uh, <laughs> um, I miss yeah. him. He was better as my their, like, go-to guy. Yeah. I, I'm over her. Like I don't. I don't need it. The jokes of her being like this, like skeezy uh, uh, merchant sometimes, where she's like, "Hey, it's good. Look, look at it. You know, it is very like I'm doing the voice, but it's very much uh, like him. Like, hey, come to my ship. Uh, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's very wanty. Like when she's like, "No, the ship is good. Like I don't know what. I'll fix it up for you." Yeah, yeah. She's. Uh, it's not my type of character personally, but um, I felt like it did for once. It truly served a purpose here. We we the outcome is really great of hanging out with Paley Motos. So at least she's consistent and nothing else. Tommy, I want to ask you about this. This has been a big topic of the discussion after this episode. We get the BD unit from uh, we first see in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, would you would you make of all this? You know, like, yeah, this got people buzzing. My roommate specifically, a uh, big Mandalorian fan, big fan of, of all Star Wars. Uh, and he was talking about this and he's, he has theories. Uh, he is convinced this means that the Jedi from that game is going to show up. Uh, maybe training Grogu is his thoughts. He has uh, lots of, lots of interesting thoughts about that. Um, but yeah, I thought this was cool. I don't think it's the same one. That would be very, very that would annoy me to be honest. If it's the same exact one, I like the Easter egg. But if A it becomes part of the show, like it joins him, uh, and if it's the same one, that feels too much of that connected tissue that Star Wars loves to do, where everyone's connected and everything's connected, and no one, everyone's special. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's like it's the whole like okay, we're landing on Tatooine. We need the fix uh, the ship fixed. Like you're not going to any other mechanic. You're going to get a Palimoto. Like like the other mechanics on Tatooine. You know, it's like they're constantly revisiting characters and and like intertwining them. So um, I don't think this has to be the same BD unit. But I think what it does say is they're not ignoring that game. Like I know it yes. is technically canon. Um, but we've never really had a strong nod towards it before. So I think this goes to show, like, I always thought Cameron Monahan or whatever his name is, I thought he very well could show up in a live act because obviously they wanted to use his face, which tells me that they might want to use the actor again, which I think this is just one step closer to that happening. Maybe not in this show, though. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Something I was thinking about is, like, they, they made the active choice. to They could have made the Jedi look like anything. Like anyone, any, you know, it doesn't matter that he's the one voicing, but they specifically made uh, the character look exactly like Cameron. And so the idea is like, they had to have thought of maybe possibly making him a live action character at some point, right? Like it's the only logical reason other than like, other than like around that time, it was big for video games to do that though. Like that, like recently, you know, in the last couple years, people are like, we want the actors to look exactly like the voice actors at, and casting that, uh, act, uh, you know, portraying them so I, I could see that part of it too yeah so um i, I don't think it's going to be this show but hopefully no. soon maybe ahsoka i don't know but um so uh the next big thing we get here is that, that paley moto is going to build him a ship from an n1 starfighter from naboo i think this is like the coolest thing I've seen from the Star Wars live action shows in general. I, I like I love this this uh ship that they built for him. What do you think of uh his rebuilt M1 Starfighter? I love this and like this whole scene very much felt very episode one Star Wars to me. Like I know we later we go to the pod racing uh fields and stuff and and I don't know, the whole, like this, like I said, this episode definitely gave me that kind of vibes. This felt very much like when they're working on his pod racer, um, making it out of uh, a box of scraps. Yeah, they have pit droids here too. So yeah. like, it's all, it's all, and here's the, like, we, we have gotten stuff like this before, but like never have I felt like the prequels were respected in this way. Like this is yeah. like, they're like, I realized there are some flaws with the prequels, but um, a lot of people love them. I love them. And they're like finally like giving some true respect to it. And I think by like bringing the ship into the world and giving it to a massive character like Mando, like, I, I don't know. I just, it, it feels musically. I love them. They really wanted you to love Tatooine after this, after Boba Fett season one. Like this almost feels like they're offering vacation packages to Tatooine after this. Like, oh, he, this is our promotional video of like, look how great Tatooine is. Look at all this stuff. Come visit. That's how I feel watching Boba Fett right now. Let's get it's on almost, Tatooine. I'm done with it. It's almost more of a Tatooine show than it is a um, Boba show. There point. is probably more content promoting Tatooine in Boba Fett than there is actually present day Boba Fett uh, prog progressing the plot. Yes, uh, 100%. So um, we, we get it all here. We, we've gotten Jawas. We've gotten uh, the Tusken Raiders. We've got we've gotten it all. So um, Biggest surprise was the fact that Jawas go on dates. I guess look, this is me. Ignorance on me that, that you can date Jawas. Yeah, I think that's what's so, like, I don't know if I loved all of this here. Um, yeah. Because, like, the Jawas in themselves, they're kind of mysterious. They have their hoods on, those glowing orange eyes. Like, 
Like, I feel like that's a curtain there that's not meant to be crossed, and now we're learning that they're furry? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to know that they're furry. I wonder if that was an improvised line, because it did It did feel like... It's funny, it's cute, but it, like when you think of like the history of Star Wars, like, that is a big thing, and I, I feel like they're also doing with Boba Fett is, like, taking characters like the Tuscan Raiders who are a little more mysterious and Boba who's a little more mysterious. And I talked about this before as a pro is like, they're, they're, they're showing that they're like, don't judge a book by its cover, but almost with the Jawas, it's like, can we, can something stay mysterious? Like I like that. We don't know much about the Jawas. They're just, you know, they're, they're scavengers and it's fine. And they're mysterious. I don't need you to humanize them by being like, yep, I dated one. Like they do have emotions and stuff. I don't know. It's a little much for me. Yeah. Don't, don't love it. Um, we get another little, uh, uh, object cameo here do you know where i'm going with this when they're fixing up the n1 starfighter maybe remind me well mando requests this object i don't know it off the top of my head but um the droids bring it to him it's this long pole like thing and it's got like grips kind of and he's putting it into the ship but we've seen this exact pole before and mm -hmm. it was the same pole that han used to try to pin them in the uh trash compactor in a new hope so um, I don't know if we needed it, but again, it's the little things. So that was kind of cool. It's cool like that. Like, who thought, like, you could have just had that be something random. And who was like, you know what I remember from <laughs> Solo? This is exactly the one. They probably have, like, I bet you there's, like, a, there's probably, like, a catalog in, like, the Star Wars offices that has, like, just, like, files, archives of all the, like, oh, you need a Star Wars uh, uh, pipe system? Here, look at all the concepts that we made before, all the designs. I bet you that's how they, they do this stuff. A lot, uh, listen, I don't think you're out of the norm here at all. I think that's probably, it's probably even like a software. Like, yeah. uh, enter the time period you're in, enter the item that you need, the planet you're on, and you're going to get it. So Yeah, 100%. Because otherwise, there's no way they were like, the designs are already there. Why would they not just reuse them? And there's probably some really cool, you know, don't don't come kidnap me, uh, Lucas Films and, or Disney, all that stuff, if I am correct in, like, spoiling your, uh, your system. If I go missing, you know why. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy's listening to this now. Um, <laughs> so, so they build the, the the fighter here, and they bring it out. It's it's so cool. It's like a muscle car, Tommy. Um, what do you think about like his his flight here? Like he takes off and he goes through the pod racing canyon. What do you think of all this? This was fun. It, it was. And I really like. I think we do need to like be in on these moments because it is fun. Like it's like this was cool, and uh, I think like really, uh, I don't know, like. It felt like a very light moment. It just like to me, it's like you're diverting so far away from the plot of Boba that it's like I'm losing the again. I'm just losing the thread of like what what's the point of the show? And I really feel I keep getting onto my soapbox, but I really feel that it just goes. It proves to me that Boba Fett was really a last minute show, and I really think that this was supposed to be Mandalorian season three, and uh, I think Mando was taking longer, so they just took this episode and they threw it in here. And, and it is what it is. I, I really feel that. I, I feel this was not meant to be a Boba Fett episode because it just doesn't. It doesn't fit. Other than the end where Finnick comes in and is like, "All right, we need you." That's it. Yeah, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I never really thought of it that way, but um, I feel like there is so much more care in this episode than there was all the rest of the show. Like we talked about it before, it feels very thrown together. Um, but then this one has so much love put in it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So he he flies his speeder through. We we see all we we see all, all the things we saw in the pod racing. See, we see the ramp 
that uh, Anakin went up. We, we and uh, the 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 uh, the trash left behind from that. But then he goes up into space um, and he's flying close to. Uh, what do you think about him? He sees the the little kid again. What do you think about? He waves to him. I thought it was like nice, you know, like it's like it just shows Mando's heart, I guess. Like it shows that like he has been changed. Like the the impact of Grogu has not been lost on Mando, you know, like it's still there. Um, I think that's what I got from it. I did think when we were going through here, I was like, man, maybe my uh, my 2021 uh, podcast prediction of uh, Jar, uh, uh, Jar Jar coming in. I was like, what if he's just sitting there on that pod raising check? Just like, <laughs> let's bring let's bring the Binks back. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, I want to say about this kid. I don't know that it makes any freaking sense. Yeah. Like, I mean, it doesn't they're on sense. the flight. They land and then he fixes a ship and then he flies up and the kid's still in space. I guess it's been a lot of time. No, it doesn't make sense at all. It was like you should have just had him on the planet. See it like when it goes off, he like is there. Like I don't know. This I agree with you. This is a little. I like I get the point of it. I think it's what I just said of like you know to show the like he's he's got a, he's a little bit of a softy now. But the actual logistics of it all, you know, time is a soup. I guess you know. Yeah. Uh, so he experiences a traffic stop here as well. Um... Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's a, it's a lot. They really wanted to give a bunch of homages to like past uh, Mandalorian stuff. Like, obviously, this is right back to, and they reference it actually in in the conversation. But like, this is, goes right back to uh, season two, I believe, of uh, Mandalorian. Fine, <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah, uh, it's weird to me that there's traffic stops in space, but um, whatever. Well, this is how they get so easily taken over by the first resistance because they're just spending all their time doing traffic shots, stops instead of like maybe getting ready for like the bad guys to come back. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, manager resources. This, like, this new group is just sucks. They're so yeah. bad. Yeah. No, I, I hear you there. Um, so he comes back down, and this is when um, we reunite with Finnick Shand here, and it ties it all back in. But first, he wants to go see his little friend. Um, Tommy, I guess I want to talk about, from here, I want to talk about, like, the future of the show. We have two episodes left here. I'm curious, what, like, what is the structure here? Like, are we actually going to go see Grogu? Yeah. No, no, I think what's going to happen is, again, I think to my point, and I don't think they're ever going to say this was a Mandalorian episode. I think that was going to go into the next episode of Mandalorian, where they do that, and then it's going to go into Boba Fett. Like, I think we're going to see as if they already went to Grogu and then, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just cannot see them spending another episode focused on a Mandalorian plot. You have two, isn't it two episodes left, right? Yeah. The penultimate episode, you're not going to focus on. We have got zero on the further plot. If we go into the penultimate and they don't progress the syndicate stuff, I don't, this is going to be a very low rated show for me if that's the case. I hear you, and I agree with you as well. I, I can't imagine. Uh, 100% we are not getting another full Mando episode. People have been talking about that. 100% that's not happening. At most, it's going to be cutting back and forth between the two. But I fall on your side where I think that this is going to overlap with with uh, Season 3. And I, I feel like we're going to get a lot of Boba. We're going to open up a Boba Fett. We're going to get some plot stuff there. We're going to find out what their plans with the Syndicate. And then we're going to see him come back on his speeder yeah. and be like, hey, my adventure was great. And we'll talk about that later. They also need more muscle than just Mando. I'm sorry, but, like, he's great. 
he is not going to be able to defeat a whole Pike army. And if he does, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry, but if, if that's adding one more person is like, all right, now we got all the muscle we need. I hope they get some more people. Like, I hope they have an army. That's I like, hope after, I hope this next episode they recruit Bosk and Cad Bane to come along. <laughs> no, we can leave them off just for my... <laughs> so you don't I win. need two at this point to be here, so... Um... Yeah, so uh, well, that that's that's it. Do you have anything else on the episode? No, and like we we pick fun, and you know, this is the point of the podcast. We do like obviously pick at a lot of stuff. I hope no one's offended. Like I I truly did love the episode. I have been enjoying book of book of Boba Fett. I guess I just want more. You know, like there's things I I see where they could go, and I I just wish they would go there. I think we're both on the same page that um, if we had to either have this mediocre show or not, we would take the mediocre show. Um, and there's a lot of love in it too. So, and we're and, having fun with it. And I know the actor of Boba Fett is just loving his time. And I think that's what like, regardless of anything, I can just tell watching him there, you know, obviously we didn't see him in this episode. This is talking about every other episode we've seen him in. He's just loving it. And so I, I, if nothing else, I'm glad we got it for him, you know? Yes. So, all right, Tommy. Well, that takes us to the end here. Um, do you, you have a recommendation? Come on. I do, but I don't, do I, can I do it again? You can do it again. Because uh, uh, we can, we can talk about it. Yeah, I, we do need to talk about it. So, audience, so to paint the picture to you, I recommended a show near and dear to my heart to my good friend, Michael. And I, I, it's a mystery to me how he feels because he has not told me because he wanted to stay here for the podcast. But I will recommend this show uh, again. I've recommended it before. Um, this, you know, I guess, last Friday, uh, a show premiered on Amazon Prime that's near and dear to my heart uh, called The Legends of Vox Machina, based on a D&D group that played uh, entire, I think it's like 100 and something. It's, it's a large number of episodes, all like five hours long of D&D. They somehow were able to take that make it into a TV show. Obviously it's taking one arc because there's multiple arcs in a campaign of D&D. And so they're taking one arc and made it into a TV show. I thought it was really good. There's like, as a fan, obviously I'm going to like it a lot more. Um, and there's a lot of like small details and things that they really put into it. But I felt like it got the heart of D&D and just the feeling of like family, you know, it, it was, ah, I just loved it. But Michael, let's hear it. Well, I, I want to preface this because I bring no disrespect to Vox Machina. I want everyone to go watch it and form their own opinion. I would never shit on Tommy's recommendation. Um, I think I think it's totally valid, and I think it's for a certain type of person. And if that person is you, you're going to love it. I don't think I'm the person, and there's a couple reasons. Okay, okay. number one, I, I, like I'm just I do, I've like we talked about before. There's there are like very tiny references to DD that i will never understand uh that's number one but it's not a big it's not a big deal i can get over that i think the bigger thing for me is i don't love the humor i just that's fair. it's it's not like it's the same reason i can't get into anime like a lot of anime is very it's it's very campy it's it has a lot of jokes it's like and for me it's like i need a little bit more like even like i know something like game of thrones it's not realistic but it's grounded in realism in a way and like and and how people would act and i realize it's an animated show it's supposed to be fun um for me i don't know i just it's just a separation i can't i, I like if i'm gonna watch a comedy i'm gonna watch something like family guy where it's literally just bombast it's only comedy but i feel like it's trying to juggle the thing where it is it is a comedy but it is also like this fun 
medieval uh, D&D show. And I, I don't know. It just doesn't click with me. It doesn't yeah. click. I do think that the later episodes, it gets a little more real. Um, I think it gets a, little, a lot more dark. And I think it gets a lot more like you see this. Because I think in the first episode, they want to set it up that this is a band of misfits. And so you're getting a lot of the jokes. You're getting a lot of the like they raunchy i will like anyone that watches it we're spending a lot of time on this but it is like i would give a full review if it is like a, a show that is important to me but it's like um it is very raunchy so if you're gonna watch it don't watch it with kids at all it is very not kid appropriate and it is very like so it's some of it a little gross for me like i'm very much not like one of the things they do is like vomit humor i'm not a big vomit humor that's not my vibe at all um so i totally agree with you i think later especially three a lot of that gets you you the the joking gets more on the back burner and you get a lot more of that seriousness um because it's a really complex story that they're trying to tell but i totally understand and get that like i said I, the humor for me even at times is like uh, okay i get it it's fine um but it's beautiful uh, artwork beautiful designs amazing voice cast uh you got david Tennant in the first episode um is great as as uh I think it's General General Krieg, um, Commander Krieg or something. And I also want to clarify, it's not not funny. Yes. It's just the clashing of the two that I don't know that I get behind. Um, Tommy, I want to move on to my recommendation here. And I, I want to challenge you to something. Um, and listen, I, here's the and here's the thing. Vox Machina, it's an hour and a half. So there might be a point where I'm like, F it, I'm going to watch episode two. You know, it's yeah. like, it's not a big yeah. deal to watch for, it. To clarify, hour and a half for the first three episodes. Like, it's like, it's 30 minutes per episode audience. So just yeah, yeah. three three episodes per each Friday, they're going to premiere uh, three episodes at a time for a total of 12 episodes. Yeah. But Tommy, I want to challenge you to watch half of an episode of something. And if you like it, yeah. to continue on. Have you heard of Station Eleven? Someone recently, maybe it was you. Someone else is also, I think, told me about Station Eleven. I, I, I'm intrigued by it. I definitely would check it out. This is the theme with me. I watch two episodes of something. I come on here and recommend it, and I don't know if I'm going to finish it or not. <laughs> now I'm definitely finishing this because I loved Station Eleven. It is like I was watching Yellow Jackets. So I was like, yes, like this is what I needed. This is so good. And then I watched something like Station Eleven, which is so excellently crafted in the way they handle flashbacks and like different timelines. It is such, so listen, and you might, some people, I can understand where you might not want to get past this, but it's very much grounded in a pandemic. Um, it is about a pandemic. It's about a bad pandemic and it is about the end of the world. Um, but it's so artfully written um, that like, I have to recommend it. It is so good. Station 11 on HBO max. Um, it, and again, it jumps it there's like a 20 year time span and it's constantly jumping to different points in that within that 20 years of how the world has fallen apart. Um, but it is the, the acting, the writing, um, the way there, there's like a lot of Shakespearean, like literal Shakespeare stuff in this that is really good. Um, so if that sounds like it's up your alley, I tell me, I, I at least half an hour, I, I challenge you to half an hour of the first episode. If you don't like it, you can just stop, but I think you'll like it. Yeah, I, I want to check it out. I uh, Like I said, I've heard a little bit about it. I just looked up the, the brief, like, like, oh, what's it about? It looked very interesting. I'll, I'll check it out. I, listen, I trust you. I, I I will say that I should have been pro Arcane because I am a big League of Legends fan. And I checked it out because of your recommendation and loved the show. So uh, yeah. I think you are have great. Another recommendation I want to throw out because mine was kind of a – listen, this is a new one. I think we've actually recommended it before. But 
Michael, I, I know you're going to be pumped on this because I can see uh, one of your Funkos has it. Uh, Saga came back. This like we haven't even talked about that. I I haven't read it yet. I need to. Um, but listen, if you haven't started Saga, you should go back and restart that because it's now they took a two year hiatus. I think COVID also had, they were going to take a hiatus regardless, and then COVID happened. I think that affected things. And uh, but it's back, baby. I know, like you're talking about the pop you see, but even further that way, I have all the volumes of Saga, which I love. I love Saga, and here's my thing, though. I don't. I think I'm gonna wait for the volume to come out before I. Read I think it. so. Too. I'm gonna. I want. I can't just read one and then be eager. I want to almost wait till I get the the box. And I almost feel like with Box, maybe do that. Box Machina, not you, but the audience. If, if you want to watch Box Machina, I, I wonder about binging sometimes. You know, both in comic books and in uh, 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 other things. I'm way better at binging comics than I am TV shows. I'll put it. I like the week to week for TV shows, but with comics, I would like to read. I would like to sit down for a whole night or afternoon or whatever and just and get through it. Yeah. So I like to do them arc by arc. I think like yeah, like yeah. If you get a full arc, you get a, you get the purpose of the comic. So yeah, Saga the comic book. Check that out, guys. It's 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 back from the hiatus. Um, Tommy, what else is going on in your world? Hey, wait. Oh, oh. Can I talk about one more thing? News item. You know, I guess so, Michael. You get this one time. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been casted in Ahsoka, which is like my favorite piece of news that I've heard in a while. What do you what do you, what do you make of that? That's exciting. I, I I'm hyped for Ahsoka. I know people are hyped for Obi Wan. Um, I think Ahsoka is the one that I'm like. I, I love the Rebel stuff. So and I think that's where they're gonna pick that up. And I mean, if we get live action Thrawn, oh, I will be I will be floored. I will be so happy. Yeah, so just just want to touch on that. But Tommy, go ahead. What well, what do you got going on? Um, wait, I want to give. I just saw Marvel yeah. News. Have you seen Cooking with Flow? What the hell is this? They did a. I'm I'm looking real briefly. I guess Florence Pugh made a cooking show on Instagram. So uh, nothing to do with Marvel, but hey, go check out Cooking with Flow if you like uh, crab mac and cheese, maybe. Well, I've seen. Uh... Like, this was maybe, like, a year ago, but she had, like, Instagram stories that were very funny that had to do with cooking. Um, oh, maybe so that's I, it what it like, is, and it's coming back. I don't yeah, know, I just yeah. saw it. This is an um, impromptu news. It sounds uh, like right. she might be doing something more official now, though. Oh. Well, so, maybe we'll have to watch know. it. Maybe we'll Check do reviews out. on uh, <laughs> We'll do an episode of Cooking with Flow. There you go. I would, uh, so don't... Don't tempt you. <laughs> All right. But, uh, listen, lots coming up. I'm very busy right now. It's it's exhausting. Uh being me but uh on wednesday probably won't come to you guys until uh later in the week unless you are a patron of uh post show recaps but i will be on the community building podcast with uh jeff sterling and josh wiggler i will be covering episode two or uh season two episode 18 of community i believe uh very excited to cover that so come check me out there uh if you want to support star wars Yes, uh, go give me your love, um, all you PSR patrons. Um, I got a couple of podcasts to plug. Oh, here. Nathan for us dropped. Um, we talked about Andy versus Uber. Uh, if you're a big Nathan for you fan, I highly recommend this podcast. Even if you're not, like we get off the rails a lot. Like we spend maybe thirty percent actually talking about the episode. And then, did you like, get sharing. bullied like I did? Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, okay. We talked about Craigslist a lot. I told some stories about my dad and Craigslist, so um, I'll leave that as a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, and what they think about my dad. 
no. <laughs> um, but and also uh, hasn't recorded yet, but I'm looking to come on. Uh, we had we had Connor on recently. He's invited me to come on the ConCon's Cantina podcast to talk uh, Book of Boba. So I will be doing a double feature next week. I'm, I'll try not to ruin all my takes on that podcast, Tommy. Yeah, ew, that would be so embarrassing. Yeah, I'll say very little. I'll just be like, well, I'm I'm here to uh, just fill the space. <laughs> just give wrong takes. <laughs> No, but if you if you want double if you want double Boba Fett content from me next week, that's where you can get it. Con Con's Cantina podcast. Um, Tommy, I think that's it, right? Do we have anything else to talk about? I mean, we, geez, this is a loaded back half here. No, I think this was good. I think we had a lot of like a uh, cleanup to do with like a lot of our recommendations, a lot of this new stuff. So I think this was a good. Uh, and listen, we don't we don't talk about our what we're doing. You know, maybe we need to do that more. If we're on more podcasts, we'll we'll hype ourselves up because maybe we don't yes. do that. I mean, I don't do a whole lot. This is just happens to yeah. be like a busy month. I, guess. I renovated a bathroom. But, you know, that's another update. That was fun. I'm you just guys. raising kids. Like that's. <laughs> I mean, it it's sounds like nothing. It yeah, sounds like we... nothing, but it's everything at the same time. Yeah, no, no, no. It's super important stuff. Yeah. Hey, everyone, go support Michael in his quest to raise his kids. Yeah, exactly. So. What if that was a Kickstarter? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can it be? Please. <laughs> um. All right, I will close this out here, but not without a couple thank yous to Aaron Robertson, who did our music, and Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. I'd also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, and please subscribe, because we're going to be here every single week, and it's beneficial to you to hit that subscribe button so you can get every episode. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at StarWarsPod. Um, I, I'm going to try to say this more. Follow us on Twitch at the Michael O'Rear, because we're, we're streaming this. We usually stream on Thursdays. Sometimes we'll bounce around a little bit, but... Um, we streamed the show on Twitch, so you can come watch it live. Is there like there? I mean, I don't know if we edit anything out this time, but I mean, there's some saucy some, stuff sometimes. There's, there's some juice that we leave just for for those uh, Twitch people. So don't be a coward. Yeah, yeah. We actually had a good audience this time, so thank you guys for watching. Oh. Um, but uh, also, you can ask us for a Discord link. We have a Discord community, so if that's something you're interested in, you can message us on Instagram and Twitter to get that. Uh, but I think that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Nice. Yeah, that was.